I want the fairy tale. I want the Prince Charming. She... <laughs> How do I put this? Isn't a fan of my kissing style. So we were boyfriend and girlfriend for about 12 hours. He's in a trash bin. He's non-recyclable. Catch you never. I love being in love. I love love. On today's episode of Where's Your Head At, we are sitting down with Beck, the host of Suka with Beck podcast. Beck is a self-proclaimed sugar baby who is here in the studio with us today to educate us on the whole world of sugaring. We're going to ask her all your juicy questions and find out what it's really like to have a sugar daddy. Stick around to hear about all the fancy dinners and Gucci bags. Where's Your Head At is a podcast that talks all things relationships, breakups, reality TV, trending shows, and everything in between. This is your new go-to destination for laughs, gossip, intimate details, advice, and much more. Well, I haven't got a Gucci bag just yet. <laughs> You're working on it? or Working on it. It's on the Christmas <laughs> wish list. Nice. sale and Louis Vuitton for now. Still, they're good. They're still decent brands. I can't complain. Okay. Welcome to the studio. Thank you so much for Welcome. having me. Well, no, thank, thank you for coming in. We'd yeah. love to talk to you about this. We've been talking about it for a while and we said this is something we want to touch on in the dating world. Yeah. yeah. So totally. It's our pleasure to have you in here. Thank Firstly, you. congrats on your podcast. You've mm. done a few episodes episodes now it looks like it's going really well thank you yeah so it's called suka with beck suka is a sanskrit word for a person's authentic state of happiness and that's just what we're all really looking for so thank you it's a few episodes in now that's good that's good so you are a self-proclaimed sugar baby first of all how did you get into this because this is like such a foreign world to us so we were like (laughs) we just like we want to just pick your brain and ask you all the questions yeah pick away (laughs) how did I get into it well I mean we're going back so I'm 31 now would have been around 22, 23 years old when I first started. Okay. I was sitting at a table with two of my single girlfriends and we were just talking about like how the fuck do you actually find somebody in this world? And this is sort of at the time where online dating was starting to kick off and we were just looking at what sort of online platforms we can use. And a friend of mine stumbled across a website called seekingarrangements.com. And she had signed up thinking it was just a normal website. (laughs) And she messaged the group chat and was like, oh my God, I signed up and I found out it's like a sugar baby website and how gross, (laughs) you know, (laughs) et cetera, et cetera. And I was just like, hang on a second, what now? This exists. And so I was just going along with what they were like, you know, I was like, yeah, that's gross. But then I was at home signing myself up and that's just sort of where it all began. So Oh my gosh. Mm. So tell me about your first experience. So obviously like You've got on the website, you might have a few like, is it matches, would you call them? Yeah, it works pretty much the same as any other online dating platform. So you swipe left or right or do you put you, a profile up? Yeah, you put a profile up. So men actually have to pay, I think it's $100 a month to be on the profile. Um, the women don't have to pay. Okay. Yeah. So you create a profile and then you can like different profiles or you can just slide on into the DMs. Right. Situation. So you both have to like each other or do the men come to the women the men come to the women I mean you can 
as a woman on the platform as well, like message them. Okay. But to be honest, it's not really necessary because you just get, you. Yeah, <laughs> you get inundated. Can you is. tell us what your um, dating profile says then on there? How do you sell yourself to the potential men that are looking potential yeah, clients clients yeah clientele. well first of all i don't use my real name so i almost have an alter ego i suppose you could say okay. uh yeah my name would be bethany bardell Ooh, yeah that's nice yes thank, thank you. you i chose a name that kind of sounded a little bit similar to mine because yeah. if i called myself like rachel or something then i definitely wasn't going to turn around <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know? at least the first letter yeah. Yeah. two letters exactly the yeah so it's like yeah everyone calls me Beth, which is close enough to Beck, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Thank, smart, smart. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, so on my profile, it's Beth Bardell. And I have, you know, a picture of just myself and then you can post a few pictures. So there might just be like a full-length shot, one in a little bit of a bikini. Yeah. Uh, you can't put any like nudity photos on there. It's very screened that way. Okay. Um, and then on my profile, it just says, you know, something like young, fun, bubbly, looking to have a good time you know don't mind exploring any fantasies that you might have and I'm just looking for somebody who can help fund a lifestyle that I enjoy but can't afford Mm. <laughs> for me, what was he? Oh, yeah. Damsel in distress, waiting to be saved. <laughs> yeah, Does come, that, come you, save me. Do the men on there like that then? Because I'm obviously like the whole dynamic of like a sugar daddy and sugary. Is that what sugar babies. Sugar babies. Sugar babies. <laughs> sugar babies. Sugar babies. Sugar babies. Sugar babies. Sugar babies. You haven't been on the side. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. Well, do you think that like it is that the men like to support the woman? Like that's the whole premise of it and that's sort of like one of their many fetishes? A hundred percent. Yeah. So I suppose the difference between just going down to your local brothel and going online to a platform like this is, you know, the men that come across on the site, they do want to have that emotional connection with someone and they will all say in their first messages, you know, looking for someone who I can connect with. They really want that girlfriend experience, someone where you can sit and talk with, you know, most of the dates we go on we'll start at a really nice restaurant and we'll have a really nice dinner together. We'll have really great conversations and then we might move on to other things later. But they are looking for that conversation, that experience as a whole collective. So, and rather than just going down, say, to your brothel or whatnot, you know, they are in a financially privileged position and they do want to help someone with goals or help someone out financially because they're in a position to do so Mm. quite noble really (laughs) (laughs) so are all these men like what's the like what's the demograph of these men like what's the average age are they all wealthy like do you have to do they screen them for like their income yeah Yeah, they do really yeah so when you're setting up your profile you first when you set it up you have to put on whether or not you're going to be a sugar baby or a sugar daddy I'm sure that there are MILFs on there as well um but they do need to put their net worth on there so how do they screen how do they screen if that's I mean I don't know I don't know. Imagine if there's guys being like, hey, I'm a multimillionaire and they've got like $10 in their bank account. I'm sure Surely they well, must screen it. They must. Well, screen. they're not getting any action for ten dollars. <laughs> I can no, promise no, no. you. Yeah. So, what do these guys look like? What's your average clients kind of like? Give us like 
I don't know, illustrate him to all of our listeners. When you picture like a sugar daddy, you'd picture like this like well-matured, you know, silver fox in a suit and like, you know what I mean, really like good looking. But like got his shit together. Got his shit together, but I would assume there'd be other ones out there as well that you'd have to come across. Yeah, I definitely went into this world thinking that it was going to be like that. I was a little bit naive and that's what you imagine, right? You imagine pretty woman, like George Clooney. Yeah, I was going to say George Clooney. (laughs) And then the reality of it is that most of the men who are on there are probably like 55 plus yeah i mean the oldest guy that i've seen was probably <laughs> well he was probably like early 70s okay so we're in that sort of age demographic yeah there are younger guys on there though definitely i mean there were there are guys in their 30s as well that are just high profile people or high profile clients okay. they have multi-billion dollar companies they want privacy and they mm. don't want it to be publicized and they don't want any clingy sort of women that are going to hang around and they don't want anyone that's looking for a relationship because they don't have time so you definitely do have those clients also but that's probably not the most common demographic it normally is just older men who are in a wealthy position who probably can't get a young pretty woman yeah love that for me yeah So have you always enjoyed dating older men? Is that something that you've liked or it's something that you've kind of, would you say accepted or kind of like adapted adapted to? to? Yeah, I think it was definitely something that I adapted to over time. It was not something that I thought that I would enjoy. But then when I, I, you know, I was just in a position in my life where when I first started, I had gotten out of a relationship with a guy that was very... um, very sexually experienced in lots of different ways and I hadn't been and I was like, right, that's it. I was just he almost older than you? He wasn't. He was my age. Well, he was a couple of years older. Okay. Um, but, you know, he'd had threesomes and this and that and I, you know, I was quite new, I suppose you could say, and I was like, right, I just went on a mission where I was like, I don't ever want to be in a position again in a relationship where I feel like I've missed out. Yeah. Um, and then I fell into this and then I just kind of fell in love I suppose I really grew to enjoy dating older men because they know a lot yeah right (laughs) they're all really wealthy people because they've created businesses or they've worked their way up in a business they're creative and they're intellectual and they have a lot of life experience and as someone a young girl in her 20s you don't know a lot of those things. Yeah. So I really began to enjoy being a sugar baby because I was going on these days, but I was also learning a lot about life. I was learning a lot about business, how to talk to people, how to engage with people and how to just live life in a way that was smart, I suppose, because they've made all of their mistakes and they've all got lessons that they can teach you. So you always walk away with learning something and I think that that's really valuable so that's so interesting to me geez I have to give us some of the lessons (laughs) (laughs) Matt's still 27 he's got a a couple of lessons to learn (laughs) I learn them the hard way so when you set up your profile right you've got it set up then they message you is there like talk of what the transaction will be and how much and what prices are for what does that come in there or is it 
later yeah. down the track? How no, it, it definitely happens online. So you want to establish what, like you just want to establish and make sure that you guys are both on the same page so that yeah. no one's wasting their time. It's very much the same if you were on Bumble, you know, what are you, what are you looking for? Yeah. What would you, like what sort of date should we go on? That sort of thing. So it's definitely the same because like no one wants to waste their time, right? I'm yeah. not getting ready for a date. I mean, you understand, you're a female, totally. you know what it's like I getting know. ready for a date. It takes time, <laughs> God damn it. So Don't waste um, my time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you definitely come to that understanding of how much it's going to cost, how long the date will take, um, what the expectations are because perhaps they're looking for a particular sexual experience that I don't feel comfortable in providing and that's so fine. I just say that's not really my jam but, yeah. you know, really good luck on licking toes if that's your fetish for someone <laughs> else. You know? <laughs> it's not really my thing. Well, let's take it back to the start when you went on your very first yeah. date Tell us a bit about that. How was that for you as your first experience? Obviously going into this unknown, mm. how was that? Obviously tell us what it was with, but tell us a bit about Yeah, I mean, I was definitely shitting myself for sure. Um, <laughs> but was that yeah. one of his fetishes? Or? No, no, no. Was that what he was... Was that what, he, yeah. was that what the rates for that? I think actually for my very first date, I got really lucky because it was a younger guy in his... 30s and he was like a DJ photographer and he was in Melbourne with some virtual reality glasses thing I mean I can't even remember exactly what it was um, but he was doing some tour or some event wow. and yeah so we met at a bar and we had some drinks there and then we went out to dinner at Nobu and nice. yeah it was <laughs> <Love> nice. <laughs> and we and I mean I was yeah really nervous but he was a really nice guy and we had a really great time um, and then we went back to the hotel that he was staying out and had some sexy time mm. and that was that is the nice. money paid beforehand or is it how's it exchanged yeah that would come beforehand okay. yeah so the only time that I probably wouldn't accept, like wouldn't worry about getting the payment beforehand as if I've established an ongoing arrangement with yeah. somebody. Mm. Yeah. Is it awkward to ask like for money beforehand? Like how does how do you initiate that? I don't know, just personally speaking, I'm thinking of myself in that position. Oh like, yeah, it's awkward as fuck. Yeah, yeah no, I'm exactly <laughs> the same. I hate confrontation and I mean how do you say to somebody Okay, yeah, it's time for you to give me five hundred dollars now. Yeah, because <laughs> like, yeah, I'm picturing it like you're kissing him, it's all taking off, and then it's like a bit of a buzzkill. Yeah, you're like, hey. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the best way to do it is, you know, when you're. Um, messaging before you get there uh, when you're going through your expectations and that sort of thing and you say you know we agree on an amount and then I just say cash needs to be paid up front you know or it just needs to be poor on the table because obviously for them as well they're like well how do I know that you're not going to just take the money and run sort of thing so you know it generally just sort of gets poured like on the table if they feel comfortable enough to give it to you but it's just safer I mean I'm never been in touch wood never been put in a situation where uh, they haven't gone through with the financial side of things but yeah generally up front what's the most you've got for like I guess like a date night with maybe finishing with like a little rendezvous at a hotel just like with a single date probably about a thousand dollars and dinner paid for 
Yeah. 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 They're not like, the dinner. I don't know. I like, no, but that's on top. Like a, no, like a Nobu dinner would be a couple of <laughs> yeah, bucks. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, sometimes, like, yeah, I think I've been to Rockpool once and the bill for dinner came to $950. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's like two grand. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're getting night. paid in and then like the hotel fee on top of that. Yeah. yeah. yeah so so you'll get yeah you're getting paid in like cash money, but then also like experiences and getting to like live this bougie lifestyle. Yeah, and that's why I love it, right? Yeah. And that's what gets addictive because. I'm a beauty therapist by trade, yeah. you know, average wage is like what, 50, 60K a year. The yeah. average wage for an Australian is mm. $90,000. Yeah. Kill me. It's and <laughs> yeah. I got oh, into that yeah. because I, I love making people feel good and I like making people happy and I uh-huh. like making fe- people feel confident. But why does that need to come at a cost to the life that I want to live and the experiences that I want to have because I chose an industry that is based on passion, not making bank, yeah. you know. So that was a really good balance for me that I can have these lifestyle perks that I enjoy but then also continue to work in an industry that I love. So so have you kind of swapped out like dating people who I guess you might meet in like regular life and might ask you on a date for just sugaring now? Like is that solely how you date? No, I mean, if an opportunity presents itself in the wild, (laughs) um, then I'll, you know, definitely give that a go. But it's definitely made dating hard uh, because it's probably put the expectation up a little bit. And I mean, I was sort of doing a little bit of both, um, but I just got to a point where, you know, you're online swiping away on Bumble or Tinder and like, hey, babe, want to come Netflix and chill? Like, you're so hot and you get there and you're just not sexually satisfied anyway and you're like well fuck I could have got paid for this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it da- dating's yeah. hard as it yeah. is Literally. like let's get paid well, we said that before we started we said at least you're getting paid for all the terrible like if it is a terrible experience yeah, exactly. we just go in and have yeah. like yeah. we leave with nothing but the terrible experience and no cash yeah more broke more, more broken yeah, definitely more broke <laughs> yeah. and just like <laughs> and I mean, I guess the other thing is when you're going on a date with a guy that's older who perhaps wouldn't be able to otherwise in a normal situation get somebody like myself or like a younger girl, the attitude that they have towards you for spending time with them is amazing. I feel so powerful. I feel so beautiful. I feel more appreciative as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like they'll look at me like in my lingerie and they're like, wow, you're so gorgeous. And they're just like worshipping how wonderful you are. Whereas you're not going to get that same appreciation from some guy off Tinder. So mm-hmm. it's definitely put a little bit of imbalance into normal dating life for sure. What about in the future going forward? Say you find someone outside of um, sugaring, someone that you think is your life partner. Mm. Do you, Would you tell them about your sugaring and like Great all that question. sort of stuff? Great question. Because obviously, like we, like we said before we went on and I said I'll touch on this, I find the topic very taboo. And yeah. like when I was asking you questions before we got you on, I felt – 
that I want to make you feel uncomfortable about it. Mm. Like we're going over what we're going to chat about. And I was like, look, I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. So you didn't want to feel like you were prying. I was prying as well. Or crossing a line. Yeah, because obviously I hadn't met you and we're speaking over Instagram and I was asking questions like, hey, can we talk about this? Is this allowed? Like, so (laughs) what I'm trying trying to say is that made me feel uncomfortable. Would you think you'd tell a guy? Because some guys maybe might not understand it, might be a bit. Not judgmental, but a bit like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like the old school fashion way of thinking. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, great question. So I've probably, I've had two boyfriends since I've started this. Yeah. First one I didn't tell. Uh, While then, you were doing it? No, 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 no. Okay. So if I ever get myself into a relationship, then I just stop okay. sugaring. Yeah, I would never do them at the same time. Because would you classify that as cheating then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I know a lot of people like can say that it's not, you know, like porn stars, they say that. So it's like a little bit different, yeah. but like they say it's not cheating because it's work. Yeah. Because that's work. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think for me, it's just a way of dating. Mm. Yeah. I don't necessarily see it as work. It's yeah. a way that I enjoy to date. It's a way that I financially benefit my life. But if I was to get myself into a relationship, no, that stops there. Yeah. Um, whether mm-hmm. or not to tell someone so the first boyfriend that I had you know I stopped sugaring I didn't tell him and I just thought oh gosh should I tell him should I not tell him I don't know anyway that ended and the next boyfriend that I had I did end up telling him and you're right it didn't go well and it's just a little bit frustrating and in the same way that you were a little bit uncomfortable asking me questions you think it's taboo well like the way that I see it is it's just dating and it's just sex like why is it that as soon as the money gets mentioned then suddenly everyone feels uncomfortable or suddenly it's a bit taboo or suddenly it's a little bit wrong like I wouldn't say wrong I just say like the way it is it's like you know it's well it is actually technically the oldest profession in the world Mm. but yours isn't the exact same as like you know being like that but like yeah I don't know it's just like people it's I don't know you just don't want to cross a line and you don't want to say something that might offend you you know and that's how I felt personally yeah Yeah. for sure no I respect that it is it's a difficult conversation to to have and but it's funny because everybody is so interested about it like all of my friends know and I think I'm really blessed and lucky that I have a good group of friends that have never judged me but you know every time I tell a woman about it they are always like Damn, I wish I could do that. <laughs> Why didn't I hear about that? Yeah, well, and I, well <laughs> right? Matt, Matt was like, hey, I've got this amazing guest. And he like told me and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited to ask Beck so many questions. Like I mm. have a million questions because like, yeah, there's definitely been like, and I've told this to Matt, there's been opportunities that this guy who hired me for this modeling job, I did the job for him and he paid me like, it was through my agency, but it was like a very high fee, like unusually high. But my agency was like, I mean, we'll take it if that's what he's paying. But then afterwards he was like, he sent me a text message privately because he asked for my number and which I just gave him because I was like 18 and I was like, sure, here you go. Mm-hmm. And he sent me a message and he was like, hey, like just wondering I have what is he what did he say so the message read I have an arrangement with a New York model and I was wondering if you would spend the night with me for five thousand dollars or the weekend Mm -hmm. for ten thousand and I had like probably about a hundred dollars in my bank account at the time and I was like is this guy serious like I couldn't Mm -hmm. believe the amount of money like it was just wild to me I obviously didn't go through with it because I was just like very terrified and just Mm. it's not for me but like in the same breath I just also was like fascinated and like wow like 
I can't believe like I could potentially have $10,000 sitting in my bank account just mm. for one weekend. Like that's amazing. Are those yeah. rates and above normal or is that yeah, going that's right? That's pretty <laughs> above that, normal. Is it? Yeah. Is that- yeah, it would be. But I mean, you know, for the dates that I usually go on, I don't spend the night with them. Right. So, you know, the financial agreement that we have is just for a couple of hours. I like to go home to my bed with my dog and I just yeah. don't necessarily feel safe spending the night I mean for my birthday a couple of weeks ago I went away with the guy that I'm in a relation like a current arrangement now yeah and you know we feel safe because you know I've been seeing him now for like six months or so and I felt I felt safe enough to do that yeah uh but generally I don't spend the night the sugar daddies what would you call them your clients do they Mm -hmm. expect exclusivity from you I was about to ask that yeah uh, sometimes, yeah. So the current arrangement that I have, um, you could call, yeah, an exclusive arrangement for sure. Okay. But I mean... Do you put more money on top then? Do you say, well, I could be making X amount with other people? Or? Uh, no, just because I've gotten to a point where I'm just so busy in my life that I don't have the time. Yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah. It's like a normal relationship. Like, well, no. Like, you could, yeah. But you could, I don't you could have bar, the time. you could like... Up your rates yeah, and say, well, I, mean, I you, Matt, you can Matt block can be your it. manager. Yeah, be your manager <laughs> okay, like, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. put him in touch with you. Yeah, because you could say, well, I'm missing out on this much. Even if you're not, you can bluff. And then yeah, I mean, I just if there is anything that I need paid for, for example, you know, my uh, my body corporate rates were due last week, and I just messaged him and said, hey, my body corporate rates are due this week. Like financially, it's just a really stressful time. I don't really have the money for that right now. He's like, great, how much is it? And the next day it was in my account to pay for. <gasps> so, so good. Yeah. My car was in the mechanics a few weeks ago because my radiator blew up. And he's like, well, how much is the bill? I told him how much the bill was. Next day the money was in my account. So oh my God. I feel like I can see Matt's <laughs> brain ticking over. He's like gonna be a sugar baby in no time. Well, no, I'm just thinking about how like just You'll do yeah, well. Yeah. I can set up your profile, babe. He loves older women. So. No, I don't think I'm gonna do that. But I just was I just yeah, it's just like that's it's, it's you hear you hear about it, but you never like you never actually talk to someone that does it. Like it's always like I do remember me and my mate back when we were like 18, Ben, we were like, yeah, like, let's do that. Let's do that. But Did like, you? Yeah. But like, you know, you're 18 and you're thinking that like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is there a market for men in it? <laughs> No, no, I'm just, I'm just asking. Because you did say, you did say. Yeah, I just choked on my coffee. I know. I thought I was gonna wear the coffee for it. No, because it's I don't interesting. Think like, hey, no, it's okay. I've because had worse obviously, in my mouth. When yeah. you're on the. Oh. <laughs> Matt's eyes are twinkling. He's like, is he? Is it just me or is he blushing? Is it the lights? I can't tell. No, it's just these lights. They get hot yeah. under here. Of course. Yeah, yeah. the lights. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just asking because you said, obviously, you said earlier there's on there, have you seen on the website that there is a market for that or is it just strictly I mean, male dominant, dominant, I guess? It would be male dominant for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I you can. I remember when I was signing up, you know, you put whether or not you're like female or male and whether you want to be like the sugar or providing the sugar. Um, but I think the most classic scenario is that the man would be the sugar mate. But, you know, you could probably find yourself a MILF, I have no doubt. I'm not looking, uh, but- <laughs> but I'm not looking but I was just asking the uh, question. No, it yeah. would definitely be on the site, but I think like typically 
a woman, like an older woman could probably pick up in a, like an organic, normal fashion a lot easier than an older man could. Yeah, for sure. So what has been like the best perk that you've got from sugaring? Like bags, I'm thinking like, you know, cars maybe, or am I just like <laughs> living in this like fantasy I movie mean, land? you're probably living in a fantasy <laughs> land. I think it was maybe like that once upon a time, but I think you'll be surprised at how many women are actually doing it and how many women are on this platform. Yeah. So I think that the price, of things and the perks of it all has sort of come down a lot over time. It's very competitive. Now. Yeah. yeah. I, I read an um, article that said there's 177,000 university students in Australia who are on these websites doing sugaring. So it's, I think it's a lot more me. common. It is. And like, it's also cool that you're willing to talk about it because like, I mean, I don't know anyone who's willing to like be open and chat about it. Well, and it's really refreshing to just – it's just interesting to just get an insight almost into that world because it feels like this like, you know, far away like world, but it's it's kind of like normal, right? It's just dating. Yeah, it's just dating. And the way I – look, the way I – think about it is if you go if you really break it down let's say you just recently got engaged yep. I'm not going to ask you how much your ring cost yeah but it, that's a financial gift to you so yes. what is the difference <laughs> she's doing a transaction <laughs> right? for that so do you know what I mean like just to put a little bit of perspective yeah. everybody yeah. accepts you know a really nice diamond ring from their future partner or you know when you go on a date with someone, I know nine out of ten women would expect the guy to pay for the Absolutely. dinner at least on their first date. Absolutely. So what is the Matt's difference? Like, no, so Matt, <laughs> Matt likes a 50-50 car. Yeah. No, I, just, I mean it's 2022. <laughs> Okay, I have a question. Yes. Have you ever had a client and you have met him and you've been like a bit repulsed by him? There's something that's really turned you off. I don't know, bad BO, creepy, <laughs> something that you're just like, oh, red flag tapping out. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just have this like one story that comes to mind and it makes me want to, ugh. Tell me. Okay, like so, so with this guy who was like some Persian surgeon and Persian surgeon. Persian surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was in his big ginormous house and and he was just gross. But anyway, that's in what way? Like physical or just the way he was acting? Oh, could it be both? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he can be both. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, mm, you were just one seriously cocky motherfucker. I was about to say arrogant. Yeah, yeah, really arrogant. But anyway, that's fine. And we got to the bedroom and I don't know what comes over men when they think about like going on top um, for a six to nine. Like there's just nothing attractive <laughs> about it from a female's perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah. Why? Yeah, yeah. I'm just no, visualizing no, it now. because yeah, visualize it. Dynamic, it wouldn't you visualize work. it too. Yeah, but too. it wouldn't work. Oh, well, they think it can. To, okay, now let's no, but die. you've got nowhere to actually. It works, but like it's yeah, not, but it's 
fucking rang. So yeah. I'm lying there and he just think, and mind you, he was fat. And I was like, oh God, I'm going to get squashed, right? For the <laughs> first. Anyway, I was like, no self-awareness. My mind, I'm like, you know, dollar bills, dollar bills, dollar bills, dollar bills. <laughs> and he gets on top. And, you know, when a guy's like, 55 plus, you know, balls are saggy and oh, shit. they're in my that. face. I've barely breathed for starters. And then I just look up. That's oh what God. I meant. I look yeah. up and then you just see the ass crack. Oh, God. And there was just this hairy ass crack say. with little dingle dangles in there. Shut <laughs> oh, Sorry. So it was right there. Right, <laughs> right there. Did you have to flick the shaft? I was to the just side like, <laughs> like, did why? you ask for extra why? money? Why? 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 Would you ask for extra for that? Or you can't? <sighs> Not really. You can't. You wanted to see me again, though. I was like, oh, sorry, doll. You like clean your asshole, and we'll talk about. Like you're a surgeon. Don't they have to like be like, super high? Wouldn't you ask for a shower first, though? Think. Wouldn't you say? Well, this was quite early on. Like yeah. nowadays, yeah, probably. Fresh enough. But most people are, like most guys come to the table clean. Clean. <laughs> yeah. Ideally. Ideally, yes. They come and they're all dressed up in their fancy suit and try to make a good impression. Bless them. Yeah. Aww. But that's probably the grossest story oh that I God. have for you. you. Poor thing. I'm so sorry for the visual. That guy. I'm, I, it, it, was, it was such a visual <laughs> story. Like I'm still visualizing. I'm struggling to like. It will get haunt you. Well, it will <laughs> haunt you at night. The word dingle dangles. Like oh, I dingle just. Dangles. That was where I really Imagine just. <laughs> Well, okay, so what's the – so you've obviously been asked to do different stuff in the bedroom. Mm. What would be the craziest, like, someone's fetish then that they have asked you to do? Have you – obviously the one you've done and then one you've turned down because it was too wild? Yeah. Ooh. Wow, great question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had a client once who was just really turned on by, like, p- other people watching – so I know we've like gone to the nude beach a couple of times together because he just gets turned on by like other people looking at me. Yeah. Uh, and we went to a sex club in Melbourne, which I didn't even know. They're everywhere. Existed. They're oh, everywhere. He's like, yeah, I've got no, a VIP I, no, membership. No, 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 I just, yeah, yeah. I'm I on the list. I'm on the list. Yeah, so, so it's just, you see me through the mask. Oh, now you mentioned, I knew yeah. you look familiar. No, I just. So hold on, hold on, hold on. What's a sex club exactly? Just for everyone listening. I think I know, but I just want like clarification. It's a club you have sex in. No, you go it's like a house, <laughs> yeah. and then you go there, and they like there's different rooms, and you all sit around. I don't know. I've never been, so I don't know the premise of it. But the I, Utah. You, yeah, you tell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone who's experienced. I but. had, I honestly was maybe like a little bit naive. I didn't even know that they were here. It was just like very Berlin vibes. So, so it was like this little club. You like you wouldn't even know. I don't even know exactly where it was. Maybe near Rich something like that and it was near the city and you just walk in you buy a ticket and then you walk in there was this a bar there some pool tables there's like a big locker room where you go in and you put all of your stuff so you can like walk around naked or just in lingerie whatever wow. you sort of want and this particular place had yeah pool tables some tvs which just had porn going people are just hanging around in whatever they feel comfortable in and then you go down this hallway and there's just a different space dedicated for all these different things so right at the end there's like a steam room where people are getting down and dirty 
in there's like a jacuzzi there's a like a cross room where you can tie yourself up in bondage wow. and there's like Red an one. yeah oh, oh. You've been to one of Fifty, sh- 50, 50 Shades, shades of Grey. Yeah. <laughs> Christian Grey told me oh, that. Oh, yeah, one. okay, gotcha. It was like. As um, I was manufacturing my own in my own house, <laughs> <laughs> just painting the walls. Yeah. Um, there are all these different rooms where you can like lock, and there's just like all these buckets of condoms everywhere. And there's like a big orgy room. So it's wow. just like this big platform where everyone can sort of join. And then there was like this other one where that had like a like a mini hole that you could like sort of lay between so you could have sex with someone and not know who was on the other side so yeah I went there with him which was quite a fun and interesting experience but I think the one that stands out the most I had a client who really just had this I mean he just wanted to experience um, being with male which he had never done before yeah so like he was online trying to find a male and he couldn't for a while. Um, but he often organised like myself and perhaps like one or two other girls and we would, you know, have a threesome or a foursome, whatever, together. And there were other sugar babies as well. And so he <laughs> we, we played rock, paper, scissors at who was going to put a strap on on and fuck him because he just really wanted to be fucked in the ass. Yeah. I that wasn't me, thank the heavens. But that was an interesting sight to watch. Wow, yeah, that's so interesting. What's the name for it? It's got a name. Pegging, pegging, pegging. That's it. Pegging. Yeah. It, like, yeah, it looks. It looked. It was hard work. It really? looked. Yeah, it looked well, like, like hard sweating, work. Like profusely. Well, give yeah. us, a, give <laughs> us a pat on the back. We try to understand how it goes into it. <laughs> so work out for us. Wow. I mean, I'm still not over the fact that there's a sex club like this in Melbourne. That yeah. is crazy to me. Yeah. And there's also, a, I mean, with that same client, I went to a Saints and Sinners Ball, which is annually every year just on King Street. Okay. And it's, yeah, it's just a club and everyone, there's a different um, uniform theme or like dress theme every year. My face is actually on the cover of the album by accident. Is it? Yeah, it is. It's embarrassing. Yeah, me is Saints and Sinners Ball. So we went as, uh, he was Hugh Hefner and his two um, bunnies. Bunnies, I love and it. I I mean, it was packed. Like there were like thousands of people, hundreds, thousands. I don't know. It was like three-level club packed, packed couples, gay, straight, fluent, like whatever you can imagine, you're like they were there. What's like the median age? For the Saints and Sinners Ball? Yeah. I mean, there were young people there. I bumped into someone that I went to beauty school with. She was there with her boyfriend. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it awkward if you go to a sex party and then you see someone that you actually know there? Well, I mean, it only happened that one time from the Saints and Sinners Ball. But, I mean, she is there with her boyfriend. I'm just there. Yeah. I mean, who's the one that should feel more awkward? But I think, you know, when everybody, when you're in a place like that, it's because you're a sexually comfortable, open-minded person. Yeah. So there's actually no shame there at yeah. all. Very it's interesting. Like, oh, hey, <laughs> Again, do you, would you ask for more money to go to those sort of places or is that like just the set rate? 
I mean, it's just we would come to the arrangement of what we decide. But, I mean, I don't buy my tickets. I don't buy my drinks when I go. Yeah. And, I mean, let's be honest. I love having sex. Like, And I really enjoy pushing my boundaries and opening my mind. Like I want to experience it, everything that life has to offer, period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if that means going to a really like to a sex club or going to a Saints and Sinners Ball to open my mind to what else is out there and how people live in order to understand people better and learn more than sign me up. It yeah. doesn't it doesn't feel like work at all for yeah. me. Yeah, no. I got a message on Instagram and it was this guy and he was like, Hey, I would love to pay you to kick me in the balls. Is that <laughs> normal? <laughs> have you done in that? This world? I have not done that in well <laughs> not in a sugar baby, sugar daddy situation. Okay. I did it to a guy in a club once, but that's fine. That's a different <laughs> story. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be one of those sex no, clubs. Oh, no, no. no, just a normal club. I mean, I had a guy, you know, ask me if I could like tie him up and like whip him and spit on him and yeah. call him all sorts of like really gross names and things like that. And I'm just like, it's not really my vibe. Yeah. I, I just, I just feel like <laughs> you dirty dog. Like I just, this sort of stuff's like really nasty. common. People have wild fetishes. They do. They have some wild ones. Yeah. Any and other ones that you remember? I mean, no, I did with uh, like a different group of my friends go to another like mm, dominatrix kind of party. And like there are so many different avenues that people find pleasure out of. Like there was this one girl that was cable tied in a um, like in a cage and this guy was electrocuting it. She had a bag on her head that was taped up. And she and found pleasure. Out she of found ple- she was loving it. Wow. It was a lot to watch, to be honest. But oh. I mean, I just went with a few of my girlfriends. Like that wasn't for work. But uh, yeah, like people are into some very interesting things. I mean, whatever, 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 you whatever, fancy. Yeah. whatever gets you <laughs> get off. It, get it. What's well, <laughs> one of the most challenging things about sugaring then? I think the most challenging thing would probably be that you know. Most of the time, you're not physically attracted to them, yeah. right? So that's probably the biggest hurdle that you have to overcome. But I am not a like superficial looks-based person. Yeah. I am attracted to personality and intelligence. You could be a 10, but if you're just like a douchebag, I don't care how yeah. hot yeah, you are. Sure. It's just not happening. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of how I overcome it because if we're having a conversation over dinner and, you know, you've talked to me about, you know, your life experiences or how you've built a company or, you know, X, Y, and Z, and I've built that emotional connection with somebody and that appreciation for what somebody's achieved in their life, and I find that attractive yeah. even if I don't physically find them attractive. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise it's just doggy style, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously it's like a, um, you know, it's amazing because like, you know, they're they're paying bills that you're struggling to pay. They're kind of relieving Mm. financial stresses. Do you ever feel like you're putting yourself in danger in these situations? Like has there ever been dangerous situations where you've been like, maybe this isn't for me anymore? Great question. Not really. I think the really... Like a really, I do it in a way that is 
probably the safest option. I go for dinner first normally. Yeah. So if there, if I ever encounter a situation where I was like, this isn't for, really for me and that's happened once, then I just say, look, this isn't really for me. Thank you so much. But I just don't think we're a good match and that's fine. I get a free dinner, you know, good yeah. luck to you. And, I mean, also let's just look at it from, you know, a normal dating perspective. Yeah. What difference is it t- to go and meet up with a guy off Tinder, you're just going around to his place for Netflix and chill, um, to going to see a sugar daddy. They're both people that you don't know that you've met online. I have my location permanently shared with three different people and I always tell someone where I'm going. But I mean, I feel like the only difference would maybe be that they might feel like they have some sort of ownership over you because they're paying you in a way. Mm. Like, do you ever feel that where they're like, you're kind of mine kind mm. of like a you know that misogynistic mm. I have paid, paid for, for you this, yeah, yeah. Of like mentality yeah I mean that's definitely happened yeah and if a person has made me feel to be like uncom- made me feel objectified. uncomfortable and objectified and I don't feel good about that situation then I just don't see that person again yeah sure. but at the end of the day you know in situations like that well they have paid for my time yeah you know that is what they've paid for and it's just like any other job if there are avenues in every job that you like tasks that you do in every job that you don't enjoy yeah right that's true so a lot of these clients are established men and they've got like jobs and careers and all that are any of them married or do they give up that information to you some of them, in all honesty, do or they they do share that with me and they are. Look, it's a tricky thing, right? Because I suppose that's where a lot of judgment around sugar babying comes in. But at the end of the day... I'm not really there to pass judgment on something that they're doing. Like if they have arrived in this point in their marriage where they're not happy. I mean, I had someone once who had been in a relationship, like uh, been married for 30 years, hasn't had sex in seven years. They, his, him and his wife sleep in separate rooms, but, you know, they have a family together. And statistically in a divorce or whatever – the guy's going to come out on the bottom. You know, the woman statistically will get the will get the kids the and the house and that sort of thing. And you know, so they want to have an outlet that they're not getting within their marriage. Mm. And as a thirty-one-year-old, I can't possibly judge or put myself in a position where I can even fully comprehend what that must be like. I don't know their backstory. I don't no. know. Yeah, maybe they've got an agreement. You know what I mean? Yeah, like and they often they have, do. Maybe they have an they agreement. Often do. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, tell us about the agreements that you've heard from husbands who are seeking sugar babies. Yeah, so sometimes, like, they might have, say, for example, that client I was saying who quite likes other people observing or likes going to those sex clubs and things like that. His wife is just not into that. And she honestly just has no, she's like, that's fine. If that's something that you really want to explore and you need that to feel fulfilled, then you can go ahead and do that with someone else that's just not going to be me. But I've also been a third in a married relationship, you know, as a sugar baby going into that relationship because it's a lot – they feel a lot more comfortable having – that third come in that's under that sort of financial arrangement so that there are no like 
risks of feelings and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, I know people that have done that as well yeah. and couples that do bring someone in. True. You said that your um <laughs> your friends know what you do and they're like interested and they're welcoming of it. Have you told your family? <laughs> I have told my mum and my sister actually, probably not to the extent that we've spoken about (laughs) it, but I went through, I mean, I came from a very religious and sheltered sort of life. And I mean, we also didn't have a lot of money either. And I think that this is why I just tried to capitalize on wherever it is that I can find that financial stability because you know trauma and all that but yeah um no i think it's fair enough yeah yeah i um, to make money yeah so we didn't talk actually for a couple of years and when after you told him no no this is just for other you know other reasons because i've always been different you know to my family i just don't fit into that religious culture and that sort of thing but when we reignited our relationship i was just i made that conscious decision that i'm just going to be a hundred percent open and honest with her that this is you know who I am and if we're going to have a relationship it's going to be an honest one yeah so she doesn't know the 100% ins and outs of it but you know like she lent me money to buy my car once so that I didn't have to get a loan out and then I just pay it back to her in cash and she's like I don't want to know (laughs) (laughs) so she's not going to listen to the don't share the link to this episode with her no (laughs) no I'm not going to be in a hurry to share it with you so are you on a so obviously you haven't told your dad or you don't have communication with your dad I haven't told my dad, no. Do you think you'll ever tell him? Well, no. (laughs) Ideally, So you just say to your mum you go for dinner with these men and they pay you? Yeah, I just say I have sugar daddies. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God. (laughs) Do you think you'll ever give up sugaring? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm almost getting to a point now where I'm almost done with it because – I, you know, I do want to find someone that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And, you know, I want to find love and find my person. And, you know, so I can't be doing this forever. But I mean, it is really difficult because, well, where is that financial gap? How is that financial gap going to be filled? You know, um, it's and that's a tricky thing when you do start dating. It's not just, okay, I've got to stop sleeping around with other people now. It's like okay, but how am I going to then continue to pay my bills? It's a massive cut to my lifestyle, you know, to be exclusive with someone. But, yeah, I think I am getting to a point where I'm getting done with it because I do want to find that somebody. Um, But, yeah, it's definitely not a forever thing, but it's a thing that has served me really well. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever fallen in love with one of your sugar daddies? No, I wish. Yeah, I was thinking that would be like a cute little (laughs) happy ending. I know, it would be, but it just hasn't happened. Isn't that Pretty Woman? Yes. (laughs) The modern day Pretty Woman. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Would you, when you're you're doing it, because obviously you're exclusive with the guy now, would you have like almost like a roster? And you'd just like see one guy one night or like, you know what I mean? You'd have certain clients that kept coming back and you'd pencil them in a certain mm. day and you knew that, that you had to go, had to, but you were working that night. Yeah. So it's just like setting dates on uh, with any other sort of form of dating, really. Uh, a lot of the clients, are, like they're all busy people. Mm. Often they're just flying into Melbourne for an event. So they'll just message me and be like, hey, I'm in Melbourne um, the weekend of the whatever. Uh, When I was 
younger, like in my 20s when I was doing it more frequently because I was saving up to go to Europe. So I was just like smashing them <laughs> out as often as I could. Then I would just have my diary open. I'm, and just you know, cancel them in. Yeah, Joe. These, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just list them out for the week. I would never normally ask anyone about their financial situation, but do you have a lot of savings through sugaring? I did okay. until I bought a house. Okay. Well, I bought an apartment. I bought an apartment. Congrats. I should clarify. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> very, a very small but very expensive apartment. Yeah. Thank Still you. Still in this market in this day and age. Thank well you. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, this is the thing, right? If, you know, if people want to pass judgment or comments on what I've done, then that's fine. That's your prerogative. But, I know for a fact that I wouldn't have been able to go to 33 countries. I wouldn't have been able to drive the car that I drive, own an apartment, have the dog that I have and have gone to all the nice restaurants and have the clothes and have the freedom to live my life the way I want it without having sugaring. And I owe those men a lot for allowing me to get to this point. There's no way that I could have an apartment of my own yeah, and be, you know, and not have a credit card and lots of debt and yeah, things like course, that. Like, yeah. yeah, I owe them a lot. And I did what, you know, I had to do in a way that was enjoyable. Exactly. You, you've to, enjoyed it. So, you know. yeah, to get by really. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a very expensive time to be alive. Yeah, let me tell you. So it is. my rent just went up five hundred and sixty dollars. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's so like and it's on what's, what are the what are the websites called? Sugary. <laughs> interest yeah, interest rates have gone from like two point zero to like seven point. No, it, if you can make money anyway in this day and age, I suggest like going for go, it. Going for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, if you can put yourself ahead of everyone else in a way mm. that you feel comfortable doing. Yeah, I there's no judgment there. And like something yeah. that's interesting is like you're speaking to all these people who are super successful, very business minded. Mm. And like you you obviously have this entrepreneurial kind of bone in your body now. You've just mm. started your own podcast. Um, you have your own stuff going on. So it's like, yeah. why not? Yeah, 100%. And I have plans and visions for where I want Suka to go. Yeah. And... I've built that with the advice and the guidance from people who have done it and failed and done it and turned it into multi-million dollar success stories. And, you know, so I think that I, I'm in, in a really privileged position where I get to have that advice would, for free. So you, you go through the apps and that. Would you ever think about opening your own, like not like business escort business but like your own place where you are in charge of like the sugar things and you arrange the dates for different girls and that you could make some money doing that i mean i've thought about it i've made a lot of friends during like the last few um the last oh gosh how long has it been then can someone do math seven years six years being on the site um because sometimes you you know um sugar babies i've thought like i've thought about it um but i do know someone who does do that and it's a lot of time to organize those dates and yeah, to be honest like i said earlier it's just not something that i want to do for the rest of my life yeah. because i have a different calling yeah. and it's just very time consuming like you're just on on the app like texting backwards and forwards some people are genuine some people are not genuine some people are just 
damn right disrespectful or low balling you know so say yeah. you say this is the amount then they come back with something that's less than half and you just say i'm not an item at the no. market yes. that you no. can bargain for <laughs> thank yeah. you yeah. don't barter for me yeah, yeah. Sure. absolutely not this isn't campbell market don't <laughs> low ball me hey i love campbell oh, yeah it's amazing but i can stand there and everyone except for like a 150 dollars <laughs> oh, shirt so i said like 10 bucks and some guy goes five and i'm like mate that's been worn once yeah just don't get me started no, no, don't get that started on Campbell. and okay. going to charity as well i've so opened fun. a can of yeah. 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 i just I was like, okay beck we have so much more to talk to you about and we're going to talk to you about all of that after the break so beck you told us before about how you've started your new podcast suka Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, like I said earlier, Sukha, it's Sanskrit for a person's bliss, ease, joy and happiness. And I chose Sukha because that's what I feel that every person on this planet deserves to feel. And how often are you properly 100% truly authentically yourself and happy in that space? Yeah. Um, so that's where I've landed on that name. And essentially, I've started the podcast because that's, a re- that's step one, um, really, where I just share my knowledge and and hope for everyone to to find that space and feel comfortable in that space and yeah I just wanted to share my knowledge in how to do life you know Mm. because life is hard to navigate and not everyone can afford therapy but I've been there and I've done it and I am so addicted and I'm obsessed with wellness and finding who you are and living a good and um, happy life so I just wanted to create a platform for that. Well, speaking of living a good and healthy, happy life, I Mm. saw that you have recently started a sobriety journey, which was Mm -hmm. super interesting to Matt and I because we did an episode and we were talking about like, you know, we feel like we've just been binge drinking through our whole 20s. Like what memories do we have where we're not pissed? I get called out on that all the time. (laughs) Every memory I have is I was so pissed here. I was so fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And we had like a massive outreach from our audience and everyone was like, yeah, can relate. Like Australian culture is so much based around drinking and binge drinking and you know it would be super interesting just to hear how you got to this place where you decided to be sober yeah totally I think it's a great topic because I think that we live in a society and a climate and culture that is toxic and Mm. you know it's full of you know alcohol is poison it is you know and I was always like the party girl the fun one if there was like a party or an event Beck had to be there and Beck had to be front and center and Beck had to be the life of the party and so I was going out every weekend and then you know paying for it the next day obviously Mm. you know hangovers get worse as you get older yeah so spending every (laughs) Sunday just sort of glued to the couch and as well with you know sugar babying as well going on those dates there's always whatever drink you want whatever you want it's there so there's always unlimited champagne cocktails whatever and you know so you would drink a lot on those dates and you might drink after a stressful day at work and I found myself in this habit where I was drinking nearly every day and I just got to a point where I just couldn't do it. 
anymore and I just felt every single Sunday I like hate myself why did I drink so much like I'm just wasting my day away here it's on the couch it's on Sunday. It suppresses you. Yeah. I said that the other day and I was like, this just suppresses you. I want to stop drinking as much as I do. Yeah. yeah it stops your creative juices flowing and all that it sort does. of stuff. Yeah. yeah, it does. So it's the only drug really that we know of that can that is actually a depressant. You're better mm. off getting on the bags. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, not going so to much. rob you of <laughs> yeah. as much serotonin in your mind. And I, the next day, <laughs> <laughs> it's the alcohol that makes you super depressed. Yeah. And I just found myself at a point where I was like, okay, well, I'm going to these like therapy sessions to try and get you know, less depressed in my life and, you know, I'm taking anti-anxiety medications. We also know that alcohol can increase your anxiety. So I was like, well, hang on just a second. How can I like be taking these methods to not feel this way, but then almost every day fuel myself with the poison that's making me feel that way? It seems very counterproductive. And I just went, you know what? I need to learn to love myself enough to do this for myself and do what's right for my body and just say no more because moderating just wasn't wasn't for me. I could not moderate no. my drinking. How long have you been sober for? Uh, five and a half months. I think it's like 167 Congratulations. days. Right. Thank That's you. amazing. Rats, when you Thank go you. out, do you think people judge you on it? Because I know last night I had a, um, a work breakup and I wasn't drinking. I, I'm trying to stay away from drinking unless – like it's, I don't know, if I pick and choose, you know, I'm trying to weave off it everywhere as in yeah. like a month ago, I would just drunk at every event I go to. Yeah. And people are like, oh, don't be like that. Like it's a breakup. Yeah. And I hate that sort of mentality as well. Yeah. I'm just like, shut the fuck up. I'm 27. Like yeah. if I don't want to drink, I don't want to drink. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But yeah. Like, do you find that people judge you in that when you do Yeah, I think you put it really well when you said peer pressure, right? Yeah. Like people do try and like press you, like, what do you, and people are so shocked, right? Yeah. What do you mean? But you why know, is it drinking? their business? Who gives a fuck? Yeah. I've never peer pressured anyone into drinking. I'm just like, all right. It's I'm, just a cultural it's, norm it for It is us, a though. cultural it's like, norm. It's, it's abnormal to not be drinking. Yeah. That's why people can't wrap their head around yeah. it because they're I, like, does that mean you're not going to have fun? Does that mean you're leaving early? Like, yeah. does that mean all of these things? And, and that was the yeah, problem. That was a super big worry that I had going into my sobriety journey, like, I'm not going to be the fun one anymore. No one's going to want to hang around me. But, you know, I read this really good um, post the other day that said alcohol is the only drug that you're the one that's not normal if you don't do it. You know, like if you were, if it was any other drug or any other toxic substance, people wouldn't judge you or people wouldn't try and make you do it, right? People are going to be like, here, you better take some methamphetamines. Like, like, you know, do you know what I mean? But, you know, it's just society. And I think that people are openly and freely over a counter. Yeah. The government's making all that cash money on the tax. Yeah. If you could buy like other drugs, I'm sure people, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think I... I truly believe that there will be a time in the future where, where alcohol will be looked back upon in the same way that cigarettes are. Absolutely. Like there was a time where everyone's smoking inside and that was just the cool government supported thing to do yeah. because they were making bank. You're right. And I think that people are starting to clock on now that 
it's just not good for us. It's making society sick. Mm. Um, you know, I think, oh gosh, I can't remember. I think it was like 50% of domestic violence and domestic violence-related deaths are associated with alcohol. Like you have yeah. a 50-50% chance that if someone was murdered, they were drunk or intoxicated at the time. Like can we speak a little bit louder about how much of a problem this is? Absolutely. So. Yeah, well, yeah, a lot of people do get angry or it makes them more angry when they drink so yeah it triggers you as well like things that maybe you like haven't like spoken about or things that you're burying it brings it to the surface surface Mm. when you're drunk Mm. right so it's scary yeah yeah. Yeah. it is scary the problem with alcohol right is it's a substance and this is why we love it so much it's a substance that releases your carefree you know, inhibition. Lowers your inhibition. Right, Social lowers your inhibition. Yeah. So it just stops you from caring. And they did a study where people who are intoxicated are still very aware of what they're doing, mm. but the difference is they just don't care anymore. Yeah. So, mm. you know, if someone gets to a point where they are angry and they do lash out at somebody, they're angry about so many different things in their life and then suddenly they've got this substance in them that is making them not care about any consequences, yeah, any consequences yeah, thank you, or yeah. repercussions that might happen. And so they do let it out because it's inside them anyway. And it's scary that someone's like anger and so many different things that can be affected someone can be just targeted into one human being or can like Mm. lash out at someone for a certain thing i mean without both of our exes we've had like toxic fights and they've been alcohol fueled i mean my last relationship broke up in a very alcohol fueled Mm. way i mean it was gonna happen but i mean yeah alcohol doesn't yeah i i want to try to stop drinking as much as i do as often as i do because like you said before like when you're going on the dates and that would go to like events and there's obviously free champagne there's free Mm. drinks there's a bar tab and it's like your your natural being is to be like all right let's take as much as i can to drink for free yeah like why not but then I so like even last night I was like no nah, I, d- I don't need to yeah. not to mention the calories oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're going down all these Matt mental shredding. health things and then I'm like not to mention the calories but yeah uh, yeah summer's coming cal- up I gotta gotta look good calories yeah <laughs> is it um does it make it difficult with sugaring to not drink because obviously it would mm. probably feel a little more comfortable if you are in a state of I don't care a hundred percent yeah it does it does because you're fully present and you're fully aware of your thoughts and you can't just drink that juice that makes your inhibitions go away make you not care right you're there and you care but I mean I think I've been really lucky so the current person that I have an arrangement with and I you know I'm not greedy and I am time poor I don't have the need to go and have any other arrangements going you know Mm. uncomfortable where I am but he actually has a couple of health issues and he's been trying to get sober on and off for some time now and then when we met he took me out for dinner and we were talking across the table and said what would you like to drink I said oh I don't drink and he said what I said I don't drink and he goes fabulous and he was so happy and so now he's been like a month and a half sober I think wow um yeah it's been really rewarding to help him get to that point just to help get his health in check yeah um and yeah he's super appreciative of me and he genuinely says like 
if it wasn't for you, then there's no way that I'd be able to get sober. And now I'm just super passionate about that too, because sometimes people just need support and they need a buddy. You know, Mm -hmm. even in AA, right? If you go to Alcohol Anonymous, then you get a sponsor. Mm -hmm. Um, If you go to the gym to stay accountable, you might get a personal trainer or get a gym buddy, you know? So people do, they need a support person. And that's a big part of Suka as well is, you know, to provide that platform where people can feel supported um, because we have you know say in the first episode we'll talk about a topic if that topic is relatable to an alcoholic event or something like that then we have the last part of the episode is uh, super sober where we'll oh. talk about um, that topic in relation to alcohol so it's just that public platform that allows people to come and feel like they fit into a connection and be really nice to start sobriety groups for women is something that I'm really passionate about because I've been to an AA meeting so I thought okay I want to quit alcohol none of my friends want to quit but I have this problem like this toxic lifestyle that I need to get rid of how am I going to do it so I went to an AA meeting and I wanted to (laughs) it was so shit it was was so yeah I mean don't get me wrong AA is a really great space for and it's helped a lot of people but is it anything like the movies? It's exactly like the movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. I could imagine it being pretty grim. Though. It was very grim. It was in a church hall. Some and characters as well. Yeah, some characters. And a lot of them are there because, you know, they drank their house and their family away. Yeah. They were, you know, uh. wake up and have vodka for breakfast. And I've, I'm really lucky I've never fallen into that. But I'm sitting around and everyone's like, hi, my name's Matt and I'm an, and I'm an alcoholic. And I just don't feel comfortable using that term or that word I don't feel that I was an alcoholic although I'm sure some people might label it as that any apparently statistically any more than nine units of alcohol per week any more than four units like at alcoholic. a time. So that's a yeah. Saturday. That's before I Yeah, I know. Or the club. I know. Or I'm going right? to the pub. Yeah. So that's if you want to get into technicalities. That's freeze. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the AA space was just a little bit grim and it would just be nice to create a space of like empowering each other to support and live a more authentic and healthy life. And good on you for doing that with your podcast. It's amazing and I think it's great to like have that space and really like relate lots of different issues to alcohol because alcohol affects so many parts of our Mm, lives. Totally. I think, you know, if you're happy, you drink, right? You're celebrating, you drink, you just recently got engaged, right? I'm sure it's like, yeah, champagne. (laughs) But then also if you're sad, you drink. If you're anxious, you drink. Like it's just, you know, it's everywhere. I was just thinking about it when you were saying that literally before as you were talking and I was in my head, I was thinking about like drinking at the wedding this weekend that I've got. And I was like, I was like, well, maybe I don't drink as much. But then I was like, but you're celebrating one of my best mates' weddings. And I was like, it sort of goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Like, Mm. you know what I mean? Like, I think I've just got to a point where I'm like, I can do a balance. Like, I can go celebrate someone's wedding and I can have like five, four or five drinks, not getting to nine, four or five <laughs> drinks and like have the best time ever. It's when I go past five that mm. shit starts to get sloppy, triggering, anxious, all of yeah, those like totally. negative emotions. And like, I feel like we can find a balance. Find a balance, yeah. Well, I was thinking then as well, another point was you said that you drink if you're sad or depressed and that. Ain't that the truth. But no, I don't. <laughs> oh, you so don't? I heard someone say the other day, like after the week I've had, I need to have a drink. And I was like, that's literally not my first thought. 
Like, I'm like, mm. after the week I've had, I want to go like gym or like just watch a movie and chill out. I don't associate drinking with sad thoughts and depression. I don't know. I think I feel the same way. But then if I'm going through like a toxic breakup, I turn to alcohol. Food for thought. Food for thought. Well, it's different for everybody, right? <laughs> That's it. Well, this is true. Yeah. It's not a one size fits all. Everybody's experience is different. Absolutely. Beck, thank you so much for coming into the studio. It has so been much, a yeah. pleasure. Thank you for being so open. Thank <laughs> you for educating us. I feel like I've just seen school and like I'm so like happy it's been great to have you on yeah thank, thank you, you. So we've been much. wanting to talk about this topic for a while now and we're happy that we got you as our guest to talk about it yeah very insightful and good luck on your thank podcast you. Yes. thanks guys <laughs> thank, thank you, you.